Hello, podcast fans. I've had some complaints about the episode numbering being out of order, which, to be honest, bothered me a little bit, but it wasn't really worth fixing. But basically, I do want to fix it before it becomes much harder to fix. So what this means for you guys is soon episodes 1 through 8 will no longer be available through iTunes. I will still be, you know, putting out the new episodes in iTunes, but basically anything that wasn't recorded as a video one will just be flat out removed from iTunes. So if for some reason you want to keep these for your records or whatever, I'm not really sure why, but if for some reason you would like to keep them, make sure you've downloaded them from iTunes because they will be disappearing soon. And with that, our numbers will line up again. Awesome. Hello and welcome to the Clockwork Riot Lightcast Episode 4. I'm your host, Fade, and this is a WoW gold-making podcast dedicated to talking about and learning to make gold in World of Warcraft. Basically, it's a question-and-answer format. If you have any questions about gold-making, you can ask them in the comments below, and I will answer them on the next episode of the podcast. So if you've got any questions at all, feel free to put them in the comments to this video, and we'll get them answered in the next episode. Let's go ahead and jump right into the questions for this episode and get this rolling. Our first question, the answer is a little bit late coming, but it's still something to keep in mind for future instances and just to generally talk about. Datto TV asks, I know seasonal stuff can be risky, but I'm seeing those Wintervale daggers on the AH for sub 1,000 gold. Are these still worth flipping? I know they won't get 12,000 gold anymore, but I think I could either flip or save them for the next holiday for more than what the asking price currently is. Generally speaking, I don't talk a lot about flipping, and it's because it's not something I do a whole lot of. Flipping, in essence, is, of course, spending a certain amount of gold on an item that you think you'll be able to uh, resell at a higher price. Pretty simple stuff. Buy low, sell high. Um, but often when people talk about flipping, they talk largely about big ticket items at least once you get into gold making it's usually i flip trading card game mounts and stuff which is why i don't really talk about it too much transmog moves slowly on my server big ticket items are too risky so it's not really one of my preferred ways of making gold but i'll give you a little bit of input uh but take it as input from someone who doesn't do a whole lot of flipping Flipping is all about calculated risk. It's essentially gambling. Are you willing to pay a thousand gold if you can maybe make three thousand gold later? And so it comes down to how confident are you that you can flip it for a good price? If you're not confident, it might not be a good idea, but it also comes down to how much are you risking? If something costs under a thousand gold and you have a hundred thousand gold to your name, it's not really gonna, it's not really gonna hurt you too much if that doesn't sell. If it's a bad investment, you'll just brush it off your shoulder. But if you only have a thousand gold and you buy something for a thousand gold hoping to flip it, you could find yourself in a really bad situation. So point one is if you can invest in it without really even noticing that you lost that amount of gold on the investment, there's really not a whole lot to lose. It's just an experiment of sorts. However, if it's going to take a large portion of your gold, you may want to think twice. So once you've decided whether or not you can afford it, should the risk not pay off, it comes down to just how much risk there is based on what item we're talking about. The particular item in question here is the Miniature Winter Veil Tree, which is a BOE 480 Epic Dagger uh, Agility Stamina Hit Haste. If ever there was a time that this would be a good flip, now would probably be the time. First off, you're not going to hold it for the next holiday. The next holiday is precisely when you don't want to still have it, because then more are going to come into the market and you still haven't sold yours. So you want to sell it before the next holiday comes up. But 
basically right now it's not exactly you know as look as more people have been doing looking for raid that's certainly helped with weapons of course but some people just don't have time for looking for raid but they still want good gear there's really not a lot of boe epic weapons since you can't craft any and so this could actually be a very i don't know about rogues you know so i can't say as far as stats how useful it is but i do know that you know if i could buy go out for my alts and buy a BOE epic for their weapon, in some cases I would, like for my preferred alts. Bottom line, if I could pick this up on my server for under a thousand gold, I would. Because remember, this should, as a level 90 epic, disenchant into a shaw crystal as well. So worst case scenario, you've got shaw crystal value in it. So if it costs less than the value of a shaw crystal, buy it for sure. Um, if it costs more than that, but still under a thousand gold, to be honest, I would. I think that would be a good investment because it's a fairly easy to access. I think you'll be able to get more than a thousand gold, basically, is what I'm saying here. Um, because it's something that someone who just hit 90 can go drop. Oh yeah, I could drop 3,000 gold. I mean, it's an epic. I mean, they're not even going to find, it's a 480. This is better than what they'll get in heroics. So they're not going to find anything this good until they're raiding. That's a great thing to start out with on a new 90. At the end of the day, the basic concept of flipping is, do you really think that you can afford to lose out if it doesn't sell? And what are the odds of it selling? Are you willing to gamble that? And if you are, then yes, this is something that I would probably be willing to gamble just because there are so few BOE epic weapons out there for players to just buy off the auction house. Now, if they ever introduce new crafted BOE epic weapons for this expansion, which I think that they will at some point, though not anytime soon probably, um, then this that could, that would severely diminish uh, the value of an item like this, so you are going to want to sell it before that might pop up. Um, but I do think that you could probably get a couple thousand gold made on these. Granted, this question was asked a week ago, so it might be too late. I'm sorry if that is the case, but it's still, the concept remains the same. If there's an item that's go that fills a slot that really needed an item, you know, no epics for that slot, not easily obtainable ones anyways, and it's only available for a limited amount of time, if you see them cheap, it's probably something to look at flipping. Our next question is one that I actually don't know a lot about. Maybe some listeners can comment and share some more information, but I'll definitely say what I can about it. Ed Connell asks, It seems that veggies and meats have tanked at the moment, but apparently there's going to be a new feature for the farm in 5.2. In the patch notes, they have a section about buying the farm from Yoon, and then you can complete orders from factions to earn a rep with that faction. I'm absorbing super cheap mats now in, in anticipation. Have you heard anything about this feature? It will be interesting to see if the work orders are for veggies or completed meals. Well, I have heard about it, but you've essentially said everything I've heard about it. Basically, you're going to be able to buy the farm. I'm not sure if anyone knows how much that costs yet. At the very least, I don't know how much it's going to cost. But once you've bought it, different factions from around Pandaria will give you work orders. It sounds like they're probably going to be some form of daily quest, possibly even a weekly or monthly quest. I'm not really sure. However, basically, they're going to give you quests and they're going to want something that can come from the farm. Like you, like you I'm unsure if it's going to be raw vegetables or if it's going to be completed meals which will require, you know, meat and fish and stuff. Uh, we'll have to see, I guess. I definitely don't think it's a bad idea to be uh, buying up cheap vegetables. My personal view of it is it's so easy to come by vegetables. I mean, between cook cooking tokens, the iron pock tokens, especially because I have multiple 90s, so I'm getting tons of tokens I have nothing 
better to do with than trade for vegetables if I need to. But um, with multiple farms, multiple alts doing cooking daily, stuff like that, vegetables aren't very hard to find. And so I'm not really looking at absorbing cheap materials. However, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Not everyone's going to be in my position. Or if this is some form of daily that, like, if theoretically, and I'm not saying I know this is how it is because I don't, but let's say one day it's it's Tuesday and August Celestials want red blossom leeks. They want a hundred of them a piece or something. Actually, probably more like 500. They're not going to make it grow a bulb on a tiny farm. Anyways, um, so let's say that they want 100, 500, whatever red blossom leeks. Well, if I just wanted to do that on Fade, that'd be pretty easy, right? I mean, I just can trade my alt tokens, but what if I wanted to do it on all my alts? After all, uh, I believe that's where the tailoring bag pattern comes from, so I'd definitely like to do that on my tailor. If someone is in a position that they want to do it on all their alts, or if they want to do it on their main but don't have alts to supply a lot of veggies, there might be a rise in price for vegetables. I'm just not so sure that it's something that I would bank on. However, worst case scenario, you've got a ton of vegetables that you can just trade back for iron paw tokens if you end up in a bad situation with vegetables you can't move. Of course, this is all wild speculation, because like I said, I don't know what's going on with the farm. Um, if anyone knows more information, I believe the PTR is either coming out or is available now, so I'm sure we're going to see more information about this. I'm just afraid I don't have too much of it right now. Our next question comes from Clinton6996. Clinton asks, I'm new to the ore shuffle. I recently got enchanting to max level and already have a max jewel crafter and a lot of ghost iron ore, so I did the ore shuffle up to the point of disenchanting all the greens I made with my jewel crafter. So now I just have a whole lot of spirit dust and other things like that, but not sure what to do with it. Any advice would be appreciated. Also, I would like to add to my previous comment, this is two different YouTube comments, that I have a lot of blue gems from doing the ore shuffle and not sure what to do with it. Well, sell them. <laughs> Basically, the, the, pon the concept of the shuffle is a cheap way to get materials for other professions. Um... Granted, some people do just sell raw materials. They sell uncut gems, sell enchanting materials. That's fine. However, most people I feel, at least definitely me and most people I know, do it to get materials to then do other things with. So I shuffle for all of my enchanting materials. So if you have a lot of dust laying around, you should be turning that into enchanting scrolls of all types. You can use Trade Skill Master and set that up to figure out what's most profitable to craft with all the dust you've got laying around. And then uh, cut the blue gems and sell them. Uh, if you haven't been doing it a lot, you may need to start catching up on your research. I'm catching up on that now as far as getting the cuts. But just, you know, get a few cuts of every color and sell what you can cut if you can't cut it. Uh, just hold on to them because of course you're going to need uncut gems to do the research unfortunately. I don't like the design but we've seen worse. <laughs> Anyways, um, so just hold on to them. Another thing you can do is if you have an alchemist you can also transmute your off-color gems, your non-primary, into uh, primal diamonds and you can cut those if you have the cuts which are world drop patterns. Um, basically the point is now that you've finished the shuffle so to speak Rather than having a ton of ore, you now have a ton of 
blue jewelry, theoretically, that you're selling. You have a ton of uncut gems that you can cut and sell or transmute, cut and sell. And you have enchanting mats, which you can turn into enchanting scrolls and sell. It's all about taking the ore and moving it all the way down the line into more profitable bits. Our next question comes from Leishan. Thanks for keeping and sending in questions, by the way. Um, I don't really record until I get enough questions to be a whole episode, and you've asked one on almost every uh, on almost every episode. And just and you might think, oh, I'm asking too many questions. No, I love all the questions. Anyways, let's get to your actual question. I'm not currently so active in WoW. The daily game time is about one hour, most of which is during class. I find it enjoyable to spend it posting, reposting, and crafting. The drawback, even though I make a lot of gold, is that I only undercut once a day. What items shall I post to make the most profit while not getting undercut that much? I have all professions and don't, but don't enjoy the trading card game market. There are two different approaches that you can take to this since you have all the professions. The first one is to be in every market, which admittedly is going to take some crafting time at least to beef up your initial stock. However, basically, like, I'm in every market, and while I do get undercut often, the odds of someone undercutting everything I have is ridiculously low. Like, you know, I might have poster B undercut a few of my gems, poster C undercut my leatherworking crafted gear, but then I've still got all of my enchanting scrolls, all of my tailoring crafted gear, all of my cut gems, you know, or most of my cut gems, stuff like that. Basically, if you're in more markets, it's less likely you're going to be constant. You're, you're going to be constantly undercut, but it will make less of an impact on your overall gold making. But of course, if you only have an hour to play, this might not really be the best option for you. The other main way to combat undercutting without a lot of playtime is to mostly operate in niche markets. Of course, right now, you know, there's always big markets. There's glyphs, crafted PvP gear, enchanting scrolls, cut gems, things like that. Things that everyone needs, people buy a lot of, and thus people sell a lot of. And those are kind of considered main markets. But of course, there are things that people want here and there that aren't really one of the main markets, and those are the niche markets. Things that don't have a lot of buyers, but also, as a result, don't have a lot of sellers. And thus, not a lot of undercutters, either. Niche markets are things like mysterious fortune cards, um, mid-level herbs are a niche market, mid-level fish for people leveling cooking. Granted, it's a lot easier to level cooking now in Half Hill, but not everyone knows that. Wrath cut epic gems, since they're still some of the best gems for leveling characters and twinks. Uh, I recommend checking out powerwordgold.net and uh, looking at Jim's stuff about flipping... I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but it used to be 77 to 80 greens. Now it's something like, I don't know, 84 to 85 greens? I don't know. <laughs> um, basically, he, uh, he, sell he flips greens on the auction house for... Uh, for people who are leveling and just want and just want the best possible gear for their alts. So basically, when you're looking for a market, just look for something that isn't in the mainstream thing that everyone wants right now, but something that still has a use. So like, there's someone on my server who just farms and flips Saranite ore. Like anytime Saranite ore goes under four gold a stack, not four gold a stack, four gold per piece. So under 80 gold a stack, they'll buy everything out and flip and resell it for like nine or 10 gold a piece. While also, you know, they do some farming, but you don't really need to do farming. You can do it just with flipping. But basically, since all the blacksmiths and jewel crafters and stuff might need that, they're able to sell ridiculous amounts of Saranite ore. 
Of course, since no one really thinks, hmm, Saranidor is in huge demand, not a lot of people go out and do it, so he has very little competition. And so that's really what you're going to want to do, is look for a market that isn't in the mainstream, but also would still have demand, particularly look at things that people need to level their professions, things that make leveling easier, like like uh, gear, like any really good blues. Uh, make sure you stay away from ones that are in heirloom slots, though. Just things like that. Things that improve the quality of life for other players. Of course, the other thing is, of course, TCG mounts and pets, but since that's not your... But since that's not one of your favorite things, you can hear, I don't know if you can hear my my iPad, but every time it goes off, I get distracted. Anyways, um, you know, just find something that works for you. Um, try and hit a bunch of different niche markets. There was actually one guy on our server, it was mostly a joke, but he's like, I've cornered the heavy leather ball market. So, I mean, there are a lot of weird things. And he, because he amused me so much, I went and bought a whole bunch of heavy leather balls from him for like 200 gold apiece. Um, there's a lot of weird things you can do without being in the main markets. So definitely check out the different sorts of niche markets. A lot of bloggers blog about this because it's something that matters quite a bit to a lot of people. So, you know, you can Google, you know, wow, niche markets. And actually the very first gold making post I ever did was on niche markets. It's actually not relevant anymore because it was about capitalizing on people doing insane in the membrane, which no longer really works since they nerfed and gutted that thing to the point that it's easy as hell. But, um, so that's why I'm not giving that advice. But basically, a lot of people have talked about niche markets. So there are a lot of blog posts out there if you just want to look up some of them. I mean, there's so many that I can't really, if I list one, then I have to list all of them, and then I feel bad for forgetting someone. But they're all out there. Our final question in this episode comes from Justin Saunders. Hey, I have a minor herbalist max level, and I was wondering how to push someone out of my farming routes. The problem is that they are in my guild and don't want to share. What do I do? FYI, I am on my server where there are no bots spamming the auction house with herbs or ore. This is unlike any question I've ever gotten, because while it definitely does impact gold making, so you're not wrong to ask it here, it's not something that, you know, we always think about AHPVP. We don't really think about things like node uh node pvp if you will <laughs> farming pvp i don't know what you'd call it if he's unwilling to share and if he's on whenever you are of course you can you know try and be on when he's not on or far like if he's a raider farm when they're in raids stuff like that but if that's not an option cross realm zones have changed something quite a bit for us which is what you can choose you can essentially choose what server you're gathering on for example i'm on argent dawn which is a not a high pop server, but you know, we're a populated server. And then there are really, really low pop servers. We'll call it low pop server A, because I don't know which ones are low and which ones are high. But basically, if I was sick of people stealing my nodes, I could make a friend on low pop server A, and we could be battle net friends. And then if he's online, I just say, hey, could you invite me to a group so I can herb on your server? And he invites me to a group and I'm phased onto his server which then means that I get to go gather where there's no one. I've done this, I haven't done this for actual gathering because Argendon's not too bad, honestly, for gathering, but I've done this with uh, finding certain battle pets as well as finding certain rare items out in the dread wastes, and, you know, those little treasures that you can find. So it, it does work. Um, and so what you could do is uh, if you have any battle net friends on other servers, you know, just say, hey, you mind inviting me really quick? I want to check out your server for, you know, just to explain what you're doing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not like it's breaking any rules. Explain what you're doing, ask if they'd invite you, and go check it out. That way you can at least avoid that guy, if not oh, 
find a pristine area that no one else is irving in. Since you're on the same faction, there's really no way to directly make him stop competing with you. Um, you know, you can't go gank him or anything. Well, you could if you had an alt on, on uh, the other faction, assuming it's a PvP server, which I'm not sure if it is or not. So, like, if he's truly unwilling to budge and he's making gathering for you really particularly difficult, it comes down to gathering someplace he isn't, be that in another zone or on another server. And that is going to do it for this episode. Once again, I'm Fade. I write a blog called clockworkriot.com, which is all about gold making in World of Warcraft. And of course, I do these podcasts and other YouTube guide videos. So if you liked this or you want to learn more about gold making, be sure to subscribe to the channel. And if you have any questions about gold making at all, please feel free to put them in the comments to this video and I will answer them on the next episode. Thank you so much for hanging out, guys. Have a great day.